From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Screeners Podcast. I'm Josh. This is Chad. I'm Chris. And Melody. And we're back again to talk all things media. Now, we love doing this podcast, but we don't do it just for ourselves. So if there's anything you'd like to talk about, anything we missed, any beef you have with anything we say, go ahead and drop us a line on Facebook or an email at screenerscast at gmail.com. Without any further ado, let's go right into Jump Cuts. Jump Cuts. Jump Hey guys, welcome to Jump Cuts. This is our lightning round segment of the podcast where each of us brings a question to discuss and we all have 60 seconds in which to answer. If we go over 60 seconds, you will hear this sound. So let's get straight to our first question. Number one. Please, don't worry so much. Because in the end... None of us have very long on this earth. Life is fleeting. And if you're ever distressed, cast your eyes to the summer sky when the stars are strung across the velvety night and when a shooting star streaks through the blackness turning night into day. Make a wish. Think of me. Make your life spectacular. I know I did. Robin Williams passed away uh, last Monday, the 11th of August. And of course, Robin Williams was an absolute favorite for just about everybody who saw him on the screen, who saw him on television, anywhere that he was, he brought humor, a a bit of class as well. Uh, Many of his roles included very serious ones, not just comedic uh, roles, and uh, even won the actor an Oscar for Goodwill Hunting. So what I wanted to do is maybe chat a little bit about our favorite films that Robin Williams has been in throughout the years, maybe our top three that impacted our life. Um, So let's see here. Let's go ahead and start with Chad. Uh, How has... uh, how has Robin Williams kind of impacted you? I don't really know anybody, and I'm sure they're out there, but I don't know anybody that, at least in some regard, hasn't been impacted by Robin Williams and his work on some level. I'm, I'm old enough to actually remember watching episodes of Mork and Mindy. Wow. Uh, yes, shut mm-hmm. up. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> so old. funny. Old. Yes, and I am. I am old, no doubt. You brought that on yourself. I did bring you it did. on myself. Actually, my parents had a lot to do with it. I can't have a lot of control <laughs> over how old I am. but. But I do remember that, but I think I've said this on the podcast before, you know, the first movie that I ever saw in the theater was The Karate Kid 2, and that's when I was about 12 years old. And so one of the first, like, emotional experiences, because most of the movies I saw then were, like, younger kid kind of movies, but I was only 13 when Dead Poets Society came out theatrically, uh, and I saw that movie in the theater, and so it 
that was like the first time I think I actually remember crying in a theater at the mm-hmm. end of that movie, uh, and it was one of my favorites for a, just a long, long time. So if I had to, if I had to say, if I had to kind of break it up into a couple things, like my favorite performances versus some of, you know, his more memorable, I would say my my top three are probably Goodwill Hunting, and I know that's kind of cliche, but it was just wonderful writing, and I love the movie, uh, and of course Dead Poet Society. But my my all time favorite Robin Williams performance, and we watched this movie on VHS forever. Mm -hmm. I have five younger brothers is Popeye. I don't know if you wow. guys have ever seen Popeye. No. Oh. It's, never even a, seen it's, it. it's one of his, it may be his actual first theatrical performance, but it's a live action version of, of Popeye. And huh. we, it's a, it's a musical comedy and it's funny. I, I literally have probably seen that movie a hundred times over, you know, growing up. And so I, there's, it's impossible for me to separate my love for Robin Williams from Popeye. So that, that would be me. It's just, it's just, you know, mm. when celebrity, you lose a celebrity, people have different reactions to it. But this one in particular is just very, very sad because he's so gifted in so many different ways. Yeah. Mm. No. So that was the first time you ever saw him in a film, too, or is that maybe I just probably, when you've seen the most? You know, probably the. Yeah, I don't really remember yeah. that in a film, but but I know that as a young child we watched Popeye at home. A it lot. had a big impact. Oh yeah, yeah. big impact. Yeah. And we, it, that's it's a movie that's actually. It's really silly, but I think it probably stands up a little bit today. Like I could sit down, and I know nostalgia plays a role, but I could sit down sure. and watch that movie probably again and, and love it just as much. So if you guys haven't seen it, I would recommend it. It's really very mm. good. As a kid's film, like I mean, would, well, would our daughters I, like it? I, I would say it's definitely appropriate. It's a musical, um, huh. in, in as much as there is some singing involved. But it's it's just the story of Popeye and falling in love with olive oil and you know fighting Blue Row and all that stuff. And it's sure. yeah, I would say it's it's probably PG for like very minor violence when they fight. Right. Um, but yeah, I would say it's kid appropriate for sure. Cool. Okay, Melody, how about you? I love Robin Williams so much and I'm I'm so sad about this news and I had a hard time picking like three because there's many that I love but number one for me uh, similarly Chad is Dead Poet Society um, and that's one of the first movies I remember crying into although it's not in the theater because I'm not quite that old but um, I mean that movie is amazing and his performance is spectacular and I'm very much motivated to watch it again. Um, not quite yet, but one of these days soon, I will watch it again because I definitely remember like being significantly impacted by that film. And then my second favorite performance of his, like right under Dead Poet Society, um, is Aladdin. Actually, I mean, I love the movie of Aladdin, but I, I just, I think that his performance as the as the genie is amazing. And seriously, when I was a kid. I could pretty much quote that entire movie, um, but especially yeah. all of his parts. Um, just I don't know. It's it's definitely impactful and memorable. Mar- marvelous, for me, no doubt, for sure. And then it's between Mrs. Doubtfire, Hook, or Good Morning Vietnam. I really can't pick. Mm. They're all incredibly awesome performances, and I love him very much. So that's what I got. All right, Josh. Okay, so <laughs> I might catch a little flack for this. I'm not as huge of a Robin Williams fan as some people are. I, I do really like him, and he was great. He was an icon, a generational icon, and he really will be missed. But having such a varied career as he did, he not all of the stuff that he was in 
um, was my favorite. Oh, he made some crap. But, There's no doubt about it. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> no just, doubt. B- before we started recording, we were we were talking about those things, but no, absolutely. Yeah, and I feel really bad that the crazy ones was one of his last things because that was just an awful show. Oh, anyway, yeah, I never I never watch. saw it. I never, never watched, watched it. it. Yeah. Oh, you're not missing anything. You're not. I made myself watch about eight episodes, and I had to just delete it. Just yeah. Do it. Same here. That's same a here. bummer. But I did come up with three. There are three that are um, at the top of my list, and. Dead Poet Society is not among them. That one has kind of been ruined for me by being like thinking about it after I was a teenager. Like I really liked it when I first saw it, but then But as I soon don't as know. it became popular, you hated it. Yes, that's <laughs> exactly. exactly what it was. Just <laughs> wow. like just like American Beauty got ruined for that's me. That's it. Oh, so popular. So but no. So top Goodwill Hunting, absolutely top of all time. Yeah. Um number 2 probably going to be Patch Adams for me. And number three, Melody already said it, but Aladdin. Yeah. He was yep. fantastic in Aladdin. And I I will admit, of course, that I need to go back and see some of his uh darker movies. I can't remember whether I ever saw Insomnia. It's I need it's to good. see that. It's it is good. That's right. It is good. Death to Smoochie, Birdcage, no. which is not a dark movie, but I still need to see it. And I need to see Good Morning Vietnam. I'm sorry. <gasps> Josh. Oh, don't. Yes, we don't I know. We're not, nothing no one's surprised. Us. Nobody's surprised. <laughs> I'm so okay, surprised. I'm done. <laughs> that happens at least 20 times every episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. Josh. Yeah. But you need to see it. See that That's one right. first. That's a great movie. It's true. What was so funny when I began to think about Robin Williams' movies, I just really thought of Robin Williams' roles. And actually, the first thing I put on my list was not the name of a movie but the name of a character he played and we've all we've already talked about this but genie like for me like yeah. that is robin williams even though you know he's a, a a cartoon his soul is there i mean you you just you, that character came alive for me more than any of the other characters on that screen i genie is a fully fleshed out realized just a great character all around so um, Genie, and then Peter Pan. Uh, you already mentioned uh, Hook, but mm-hmm. for me, I watched that movie. I, can't, I, I countless times as a as a kid. That was an amazing movie and a great role. He started out being very serious, and eventually got into being a kid again. And most of the people remember him for being so kind of outlandish and uh, wired and crazy. But it was the I don't know the the the, the more subtle and and tender moments. Like he was in Mrs. Doubtfire that really they really got me. So those are the three for me. Jeannie, Peter Pan, and Mrs. Doubtfire. Those three roles are Robin Williams for me. Yeah, and I would say, yeah. too, that uh, a couple – the birdcage is excellent. It's really, really very funny. And there's one that's kind of lesser known, but he's really funny in it. And the movie in general, I think, needs to be seen. And it's The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. If you haven't seen that movie, it's kind of in the vein, irreverent, kind of – fantasy world crazy just crazy town stuff um but he's really good in that too so that's one that that people should check out gotcha sweet well i think this has been a little bit of a unique jump cut so there was no buzzer as i'm sure you realized but uh we are uh, going to miss robin williams his his imprint on cinema moving forward he's got three movies that are actually uh, in post-production right now so we'll be seeing quite a bit of him actually uh down the road but he will be missed uh, that's that's really all that's all really i was going to say so let's move on to, to number two All right, so with all the Emmy buzz surrounding HBO's 
show last year, True Detective, written by Nick Pizzolatto, there has been inevitably some controversy surrounding it. And it turns out that he's being accused by, of plagiarism by, you guessed it, the internet. So I want to know <laughs> that if, internet. <laughs> so I want to know whether you guys have heard of this whole thing and what you think of it. Uh, let's start with Chad. Well, when I first heard about this before I read any of the of the articles that were related, I was very upset because I love the writing of True Detective more than just about anything in the show. But as I begin to dig a little bit deeper, it it's one of those things where it feels a little suspect, but I think they're, the kernel of what they're saying is there might be a little something there. The, the, their denials, HBO's denials and Nick Plotz's denials, and almost igno- refusal to acknowledge um, the inspiration... Uh, Kind of makes me, I don't really know what to think, honestly. Uh, Some of the examples that are given seem like they're very similar, but the holistic thought of what what they're actually talking about is kind of like saying, I plagiarized the story of a Christ figure, you know, that, that that's in narratives all throughout the world. I don't, some things I don't know that you could plagiarize. I'm kind of in between because I don't want it to be true, but there seems to be a little bit of smoke, but I don't know how much fire um, but the way that they're responding to me also seems like there's a, a little bit more to it than, than what's let on. So I'm kind of caught in the, caught in the middle hoping that it's not true because I can't wait for the second season of True Detective, especially because of the writing specifically. No doubt. Okay, so we've got one fence rider. How about you, Melody? <laughs> <laughs> not well, taking a stand you know. since 1983. <laughs> this is tricky, though. It's tricky because it's a it's a commonly known philosophical viewpoint that they're expressing in this character and so you're gonna have similarity in language and wording because it's based off centuries of great thinkers debating this material and writing about it but when you look at the comparison of some of the wording like it is strikingly similar so and the phrasing yeah the phrasing and and all of that the the few examples that were in the article are, are obviously very similar and but like I don't know what the proper way is of giving credit like that in a show like this. I mean, I would think if they would have just had some line in the credits, like influenced by such and such legato or whatever his name is, you know, then to me that would have sufficed. And I, I'm, it is weird that they're being so like delineatingly clear that they did not take anything or whatever. So I don't know. It it seems more like a smear campaign at this point because of Emmy stuff going on. So I, I don't know. I don't know if it's true or not. I mean, how are you really going to know? I, I think it's possible for it to be completely not true and for him to just have come to similar wording because it's it's a philosophical viewpoint. But I don't know. I wasn't there. Fair enough. Chris, how about you? All right. So here's my thought on this. No one's going to deny that there's a heavy influence on the writers of True Detective um, from these this other source, I can't even remember what the, the the source is right now. I'm not even looking at the the article. The source it's is Lovecraft. Nietzsche and Schopenhauer, but let's so, not. Well, yeah, it's but Lovecraft that's not who it is. So here here here's the deal. <laughs> and that, that this is the problem I have is is that like if if you're a fan of that or if you've been obviously as they were for the show in that stuff, reading it frequently and and studying it and all this stuff, some of that's going to come out, and that's for me, it's okay as long as you're not directly taking A and copying it to B and then saying B is your work. That's kind of what I think. So I don't think this rises to the level of plagiarism. It may have 
been a good idea for them to at least put a footnote or something in the um, the the actual credits to give a little bit of uh, of credit. But I think honestly that this is not this is not plagiarism. This is just somebody who really loves what they were talking about and putting it into the characters and it coming across really, really well. So that that's where I come down on it anyway. Okay. I guess I will weigh in at this point. Do it. Um, Way. So I realized uh, a little bit ago that I hadn't actually gone. I had read the article about the plagiarism controversy, but I didn't read the actual original screed that accused him of plagiarism. So I clicked over to that and I realized that life is too short to read this thing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like as long as the season of True Detective. It is. So I'm not going to read that. But I skimmed <laughs> the quotes that they were pulling out and the article that we will link on our show notes from Deadline drops all the names for me so I don't get the elitist credit of dropping the philosopher's names. So Pizzolatto is expressing philosophies like, as you guys have already said, that go back a couple hundred years, Western pessimism and antinatalism, and those are Cole's viewpoints. Now, he takes, he takes source material from authors around Lovecraft's era as an homage. So you see that in the show's references to the Yellow King and stuff, sure. which is, of course, directly lifted from these books. No doubt. And that's obvious to anyone who is a fan of the genre and, you know, all that. So we talked about that back when True Detective first started. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, the, the quotes that they're lining up to, quote unquote, prove plagiarism are really, really weak. They are expressions of the philosophy, not of anyone's necessarily specific writing style. Right. And they're not, they're not digging back past Ligotti to see who Ligotti borrowed from. And it's just like most conspiracy theories on the internet, is just doesn't really hold together, in my opinion. But, of course, you're never going to be able to prove a negative. So my beef with people who say that HBO's denying it too strongly, they doth protest too much, is <laughs> uh, you're never going to be able to prove that side of it. So w what are they going to say? Yeah, and but in my, I don't think necessarily, what bothered me about their denial wasn't that they denied it. It's the fact that they do mention and credit several other past historians and writers, but they intentionally, well, I don't want, well, yeah, it has to be intentionally. They, they never mention Ligotti. And that seems a little suspect to me, especially because, and I do agree, I think, I think the roadblock here is who did Ligotti draw from? And, and I don't know the answer to that, and I'll admittedly say that. But when you look at some of these things in particular, like, you know, for example, I'm looking at one right now that says, you know, this is a, a line from Cole that says, it's all one gutter, a giant gutter in outer space. And the line from Ligotti is, in the black forming gutter and black alleys of outer space, the dark windows gloom in a galactic... Of paradise, cell. not of outer space. Ligotti was paradise. Oh, I'm sorry, of paradise, in the dark windowless gloom of some galactic cellar in the hollow pearly. I mean, that's... It's pretty close, and there's yeah, like that, 15 or 20 of those. That's right? still a concept, though. You're not, you're not literally taking somebody's... Yeah, but when somebody's... it's over and over again. Yeah, if that were the only one, I agree. That's what I'm saying. But in this article, there's like 10 of those. Yeah. And so, it, it, and it's, it's even the, it's almost even the pattern of the wording. So, and I don't think that he went in and just line by line kind of did this, but I do feel it's a little disingenuous for them not to at least mention Ligotti. I mean, yeah. I, I think. 
Okay, uh-huh. amazing. So now there all the all the literary and um, it's very very <laughs> I educational. I love how we're using the buzzer in this episode. I know. I was going to say, awesome. what happened to this? We're not, hey, you can't buzz Robin Williams. Well, no, yeah, we're not there anymore. So let's move on. Number three. All right. So for my jump cut today, I wanted to bring up um, maybe some other summer movies that we haven't reviewed officially on the podcast, but that some of us might have seen because I know there are a few out there that are maybe worth the mention or perhaps they're not worth talking much about. But if you've seen them and you want to warn people against them. This would be an appropriate time to do that. So let's start with Josh. Josh, what are the plethora of movies that you've seen? Why are this you even asking him? Yeah, you let's like start with me. No, no, we're starting with me. We're starting yeah, with me. Yeah, we are, Josh. You got a minute and you're going to so use So I'm, that's right. It's my time. It's my time now. If I can, I'm just trying really hard to remember the last time I was inside a theater, and I think it might have been the Lego movie. <laughs> I think it might have been that. Um, last week, though, last week, on my couch, I watched 2012 or 13's Anna Karenina with my wife. So there's that. There you go. That was artsy. That was that, that was that, not bad. Except that, I had to take half of it off for baby duty. That doesn't qualify. No, hold on, hold on. But after that, when everyone fell asleep, I watched Bullet to the Head on HBO. <laughs> and let me tell you, let me tell you, that one is very much uh, not worth seeing. But. <laughs> That's been he, my is life. Is time up yet, Chad? I'm no, no, he no, has, I'm done. That's he has it. 12 seconds That's left. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, thanks for that, Josh. Chris, no how problem. about you? Okay, so I've seen three movies that I'm going to mention. Uh, number one is last night, Melody and I actually rented Neighbors, which is the Zac Efron and um, Seth Rogen comedy. It was actually pretty funny. It's a little, sur- obviously, it's surface level, but it's 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 pretty funny. It was a, it was a good a good laugh. Lucy, we also saw. I'd say about the same thing. It 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 kind of was, was disappointing. It didn't quite pay off the way that I was hoping that it would. There was a lot of good concepts, but I think it eventually caved into it, its concept rather than actually making it a good movie all on its own. And then Hercules was actually a good movie. Yeah, you've lost your mind. And uh, <laughs> no, it truly was. It was actually a good film. It was um it, it, it actually surprised the heck out of me. And so I, I of those three I'd actually uh, recommend Hercules. I don't think it's getting enough play. It, it was actually a a good time. So that's yeah. me. Right at a minute. Nice. Wow. All right. Thanks for that, Chris. What about you, Chad? I have watched um a movie called The Raid 2, which is uh, I love the first one. It's uh, it's as, as hardcore. It's Gareth Evans is the director, and it's as hardcore of a like a Korean action fighting movie that you have ever seen. It is so ultra violent that you just laugh. It, it it becomes absurd, but it's worth it if you like any kind of martial arts stuff. It's absolutely great, and it's available for rent. Uh, and another movie that I saw in the theater is John Favreau did a little small independent film called Chef. And yeah, my wife was and I that? went and saw it, and we loved it. It's it's a really good, sweet story, and the food it's like food porn. It's so beautiful, and you're you'll be starving when you see it. But it's actually a really good story, and I would highly recommend Chef. I think I think it's really, really, very good. So that's what yeah. I've been seeing. I followed him on Instagram or Facebook or something as he was taking pictures behind the scenes of making that, and I really wanted to see because he just every yeah. day he would like tweet yeah. pics of he his food. He did, and I, I was actually food. I was on a shoot in West Palm Beach where they had a couple of scenes there, and we got to go in and see it, and it's 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 great. It's just oh, really wow. really good movie. I, I recommend it. 
cool. Awesome. All right. Well, mine are similar to Chris's because we see movies together. Uh, Lucy, I would say it was rather forgettable, kind of a letdown after being excited by the trailer. Morgan Freeman like almost saves it kind of, but the, his character pretty much exists in that film only for like explanation purposes. So I think Bradley Cooper did it way better in Limitless than Scarlett Johansson did in Lucy. So mm. don't bother. It's but kind of the same movie. this is probably going to blow your minds because it's going to blow my mind that I'm going to say it. But I 100% agree with Chris about Hercules. Oh, my Hercules. God. Yes. No, Chad, have you What's seen it? What's wrong with you? Chad, it actually seen fight, it? Fight, fight. Okay, I'm, I'm serious. Oh, my God. Like, I thought it looked like the most <laughs> stupid movie ever. Ever, ever, ever when we, we saw the trailer. We went to go but see it just because it was playing. And it was we playing and it was, we were, it was our last night at this like really nice theater. So we're like, oh, we'll just go see this retarded movie. It was great. I oh was a, expecting a complete disaster, but it actually kept me interested. It had a plot and like a hook. Okay, so no, I don't want to be buzzed. So I don't want to be buzzed buzz about Hercules because people need to see it. There, nobody's going to see it, and it's it's good. Okay, right, I mean, it's not like amazing, it. but it's fun. It's a fun movie, and if you like those sorts, if you like Dwayne Johnson, ancient, no, forget Dwayne Johnson. I mean, but he's actually really good. You should see it, Chad. Go see it. I've already buzzed you. I can't hear anything after care. the buzz. I don't care. <laughs> You're putting this on so that people will know that they oh need to gosh, see Hercules. I'm cutting this out. It's fun. You're going to like it. it. Never air. You're going to like Hercules. <laughs> All right. So another week and another internet furor over something that Facebook has done related to privacy. There's been a massive controversy in the world of Facebook, in the world of the Facebooks, as it appears that there has been some information and misinformation about what people think of Facebook's new Messenger app and the controversy. I've heard things like it takes over your phone, it sends texts on your behalf. And so we're trying to figure out what's going on here, what is true and what's not. And we know that Josh, our resident tech expert, will have plenty of light to shed on this. Mm -hmm. But before we go to Josh, we're going to start with Chris. I know we're all pretty avid Facebook users and social media users. And I know Josh uses it as well and does some developing. So, Chris, what do you think about this Facebook app controversy? Is it overblown or is there something actually there? I love this app. <laughs> it's Done. a great app. All right. <laughs> That's why it gets paid the big bucks, folks. It's that crack analysis right there. I think it's great. I love it. Look, if you use Facebook, you're not going to be, you don't have privacy. I'm sorry. Whatever you put on there, no privacy. It's, you don't have privacy if you don't use Facebook. It, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, exactly. It doesn't, you've given it up. So stop complaining and just enjoy what they give you. It's I think, amazing. I think Chris just told the internet to stop complaining. <laughs> the, the only thing that I'll say is that I wish it was a, I wish all this stuff was included in the main app so we didn't have to have two apps on our home screen. Well, then you add the Pages app to that. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. And, and you know, we were, anyway, I wish it was all one app. I don't know why they can't do that. I guess they just want to have more real estate taken up on your phone. Anyway, but that's well, how I feel. One app to rule them all. All right, Josh, what do you think about this? Okay, so you guys actually managed to find a link from USA Today to post about this, but the original article that I saw was being passed around where else Facebook was from a radio station blog. Mm -hmm. And I heard a couple days after that, someone else like on the radios, I was going to work complaining about it. So since even though there are other sources out there talking about this, I'm going to go with my original joke and say, let me explain to everyone in radio how the 21st century works. <laughs> this happens both in your browser and in mobile apps. 
there's a thing called permissions. And <gasps> it's because apps are sandboxed off into their own little area so they can't communicate with the rest of the system. It's supposed to help prevent malware and things from infecting your entire smartphone. What's malware? <laughs> I'm going to pretend I didn't hear you that. You have eight seconds left. Stop complaining. Chad, <laughs> yeah, you're such a whiny pants saying, about this. I'm just saying. Oh Some give people him... might want to know so that they don't have to be afraid hey, of Josh. their phone. Hey, Josh. I agree. I wanted Josh to finish his yeah. statement and just know that he was about to get buzzed. People well, understand. Eight... If people understand they, aren't, they don't have privacy, can they use this app and not worry about their phone like spying on them and like taking random pictures of them while they're not expecting it? Well, I watched that, the news. I watched the news. Hey, article. Chris, you can't hijack the news. this conversation. Totally it's Melody's just... turn. Melody, what All do you right. think about this? No, no, I want to hear what Josh was saying. All Josh, right, Josh, keep Josh. Going. Sorry, sorry. Chris kind of jumped ahead to the nuanced end of my little rant that I was going to go on. But so back to permissions. There are only a few permissions that you, as an app developer, have access to ask for, and they're to be able to do certain things with your phone or, in the case of Chrome, with your browser. And they're written that way, I can only assume, because if you had a permission worded like, I would like to send text messages between 2 and 11 on a Tuesday, but only if I ask for confirmation first from you, then the feature space, as we call it in the tech world, of permissions would explode. There would be 5 billion of them. No one would read them. The developers would have no way to figure out what does what. So we have these broadly worded permissions. And so when people actually do go to read them and they say, oh, this thing can read my entire contacts list. This thing can call numbers on my behalf. They get all freaked out and they don't realize it's to perform a specific function that you have asked the app to perform. <gasps> You're downloading a messenger app so that you can message people. What? It's a, it's a big concept, I know. Are you telling me that I can message people with this messenger app from Facebook? And that's not all. <laughs> oh my gosh, Tell Melody! Us no, I, gotta, I have to stop. Anyway, I have to yeah, buzz. Where's my need, buzzer? I have to buzz somebody right now. <laughs> all right, I'll go. I'll go, go, Melody. What do you okay. say? This is our, this is so, our silent protest, Josh. I guess, no, go ahead. Here's the thing. When I first, I was, I'm just very annoyed by it. I don't want to have a stupid separate app. It's annoying. So I've been saying no, no, no until finally it forced me to download it. So I download it and then I see all, all these articles and I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going on? So I ask Chris. He tells me it's fine. So I believe him that it's fine. And I'm fine <laughs> and everything's fine. One. <laughs> <laughs> Someone else will fix the internet for us. Yeah. I don't know why we care about this. Okay, okay. You all have I, a very I just, disal I just disallowed all of the permissions that it asked me for just out of spite. Not because I really care. I know my phone is like not it's private. It's basically they, can they turn on my can they turn on my like camera and take pictures of me? I don't know. No. I don't know. No. I don't think they can. But I don't really care. <laughs> No, they can't. Melody does not care, folks. We've established that two shows in a row. She it's does true. not care. I don't know. We've already established that they can turn on your webcam without turning on a little record light. You know that, right? right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They're, they're stalking me. Well, I got not my... Facebook. I, on Facebook, just very much like you, Josh, I saw the article that was going around from the that bastion of journalistic integrity, the Huffington Post. Huffington Post. Yes. Um, and it Woo. had lots of things about what it can and can't do. Thankfully, there have been some rebuttal articles about you saying that there are ways that you can use Messenger within Facebook without using this app. There are. You do have to give specific permissions for it to do some things, but that's in order for it to function the way that it's supposed to work. And so ultimately, at the end of the day, I, I very much side with 
with with Chris uh, on this. It's that if you want to use the service, then uh, there's some expectation that you give up a little bit of your privacy. I mean, it's Facebook for God's sake. You're on oh. there with with the world, and you're messaging and texting and putting up videos and uh, of everything. Seriously. So it's it is what it is. If you want privacy, don't use Facebook at all. Yeah. Um, because the the terms of service I was actually reading of the normal app itself of Facebook is really not that different from the these terms of service. So if you're already in Facebook and you're complaining about this, it really doesn't make any sense. So just shut up and, and get over it. I will yeah. say one thing on the other side of the story that um, Facebook has been proven to do somewhat shady, ethical, shady in the ethical sense, social experiments on its user base. But that's a different story. I'm for it. And so right. am I. So am I. If, 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 it's only, if it's to make some money for those poor people over at Facebook, <laughs> they need, they need some of, of that. I know this will never air, but I did read an article today about data science that uh, was talking about how just how lucrative of a field it is now. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. He, he was buzzing. You. His, personal, you his personal, personal conversation That was my personal buzz. <laughs> That's what Chad does you. now. When he's no, I'm sorry. Please continue about this, uh, this data. It sounds very fascinating. <laughs> Welcome to the main event. All right, guys. This week, we have a double header in our main event. We're going to be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But unfortunately... Sad face. Josh hasn't seen any of those movies, so he's not going to be joining us. Everybody give me an aww. Shocker. Uh, That's a shocker. But anyway, so the first film we're going to talk about, Guardians of the Galaxy. Now. Yeah. Hey, cool, man. No problem. No problem at all. Who are you? Star-Lord. Who? Star-Lord, man. Legendary outlaw. Forget it. We arrested these five on Xandar. Check out the rap sheets. Drax, a.k.a. the Destroyer. Since his wife and family were killed, he's been on a rampage across the galaxy in a search for vengeance. Gamora, soldier, assassin, wanted on over a dozen counts of murder. Rocket, wanted on over 50 charges of vehicular theft and escape from lockup. What the hell? Root been traveling recently as Rocket's personal houseplant slash muscle. Peter Jason Quill. He's also known as Star-Lord. Who calls him that? Himself, mostly. He's wanted largely on charges of minor assault, public intoxication, and fraud. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know how this machine worked. They call themselves the Guardians of the Galaxy. What a bunch of a-holes. All right, guys, light years from Earth, 26 years after being abducted, Peter Quill finds himself the prime target of a manhunt after discovering an orb wanted by Ronan the Accuser. We're going to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy from director James Gunn. It stars Chris Pratt, Vin Diesel, Bradley Cooper. It's got a great cast. A lot of people have been talking about it, so I want us to weigh in. I know it's been a little while since it's opened, but I still think we should talk about it. So, Chad, what did you think about Guardians of the Galaxy? This is one of the few times where the marketing of a film going into the film 
uh, had me just completely curious and having just no idea what to expect. It looked like it could be funny. It looked like it have a lot of good action. It looked like it could be a train wreck and be absolutely horrible. And it looked like it may be great. And so going into this, I was just like, I don't, I don't know what to expect, but it's Marvel, so I'm there. And uh, I have to say that it delivered on every level. I was completely surprised. This is probably my... Mm, it's not my favorite Marvel film. It's probably my second, maybe third favorite Marvel film of them all. It just has such a fun vibe. It lived... Oh, what beats Guardians? It's number one for you. No, I, number one for ask. me clearly is uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier. I, I thought you were going to say Iron Man three because that was all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Iron Man two. It's Iron Man two. Uh, this is probably my number two with Captain America. Number one. Yeah. Um, I just I, I adored uh, that one. But this movie, it, it just has such a fun vibe. It lived up to the vibe that it it had in the trailers. Um, I thought all of the casting was excellent. I thought the performances across the board, it was at, at one, sometimes moving, sometimes funny, all the time, uh, energetic. Uh, what I really liked about it is it, it literally had, even in the way that the film was cut, there was never a moment where I felt that it drugged. There was just all a vitality and an yeah. energy to this movie from the very first frame that just always propelled the motion forward, propelled, propelled the action. Now, I have some problems with it. It's not, it's not a perfect movie, but I smiled nonstop. Uh, every time that I thought they were going to do something that was a little tropish or a little bit serious or expected, they turned it on its head with something very irreverent or a joke. And it, I just loved it. I loved the tone. This is one of the, this is probably one of the only Marvel movies that as soon as it was finished, I, I could see myself going and seeing it again. So uh, I just loved it across the board. I just had a really, really good time. Melody, how about you? What did you think of Guardians? Well, I was similarly to Chad, not sure what to expect from this movie, other than the fact that Chris was super, super excited about it because he had some connection with the source material, which I did not. And I agree, Chad. I freaking loved this movie. Yeah. Every little thing about it. I, I loved the characters. I loved the humor. I loved the visuals and the action. It, it didn't take itself too seriously, but it had like serious moments and good points to say. And I, I felt like I didn't need any context at all of the original source material to be able to just completely understand the world and understand the story and understand the characters. I like I can't imagine anyone seeing this movie and not just having a great time. Like just smile on your face, having fun in a movie. This is it. It's definitely my probably my top movie of the summer wow. um somebody said that it was indiana jones in space and i like I, that's completely what it is to me like it's just it has that feel like that fun witty feel and of course i love sci-fi so it's many things that i love i have to say like the the trailer was funny like there was definitely humor in the trailer but i wasn't sure about the characters like Right. Am I really going to want to see like a weird tree thing and a talking raccoon? I like that's just weird. I it's yes. just weird. But like that is the I answer. I love them so much. I the, I mean all of the characters, all of the, at least the the main five are just awesome. And Chris Pratt was just awesome. I just loved it. So anyway, Chris, how about you? And I got to say, he hated it. I'm sure. I, <laughs> no, Melody. Melody um, said it. I. I was. This is my most anticipated movie of the year. So I was really, really, really excited. I think I got my expectations like maybe a little bit. 
higher than I should have because when I sat down to watch this movie, it did so much better than I thought. <laughs> it was amazing. I love this movie. I think oh that the gosh. one thing I would have to say is, is that it is entertaining. You, it, it you sit down, you watch this movie, it is pure entertainment. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It doesn't take itself too lightly. It is right there in the middle where you are in the middle of the action. You feel like you're along for the adventure. You like the characters you're with. You, you you understand their motivations. They you know there's a lot nowadays in in cinema where you've got these kind of anti heroes almost, and and you don't really not sure if you really want to spend your time with them because they got kind of no these guys are all obviously they've got their own things going on, but they're good guys. You want to like spend time with them. They felt very much like Firefly and uh, Indiana Jones and Star Wars, all on that level of just adventure and fun, and it just works so well especially i think and most importantly is that it the the, the um the characters work together so well the the ensemble cast was perfect i didn't know about if i would really enjoy the wrestler what was his name i'm trying to batista, remember dave batista yeah dave mm-hmm. batista i wasn't sure about that because in the trailer he wasn't really all that heavily you know present but man, he really blew me away. I some I of the really funniest like, lines in the film. Yeah. yeah, like just just that thing. Nothing goes over my head. Hey, I would don't spoil it. Catch it. Don't. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I love this movie in every way, shape, or form, and uh, I can't wait to see it. Actually, we did see it again. Um, yeah. Mel and I very rarely, really, we didn't talk about what we thought about the movie, but instantly when we came out, I was like, "You want to go see that again?" She's like, "Yes." <laughs> so we kind of had an idea that we probably both enjoyed this film. Uh, but we still hadn't actually talked about it. But anyway, I if you haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy, that's crazy to me. You should go see it. It is. It should get all the praise that uh, that a movie can possibly get on it. It is obviously not an Academy Award winner. I mean, maybe visual effects wise, but it still is a fantastically fun, entertaining, great movie. And um, I think in spoilers we'll talk about um, kind of the the reasons why. Because it's, I don't want to ruin too much about it, but it is really a great movie. It is, and it's it's interesting that very much like Dawn of the Planet of the Apes or Rise or whichever it was, there are lots of Planet of the Apes things that are happening, Dawns and <laughs> right. Rises or whatever, yeah. is that, again, this movie was an example where I didn't, I didn't really pay attention to the fact that there was just a ton of CGI characters and stuff. I right. just bought into the fact that they were just characters. Um, yeah. I mean, there, there's a character that whistles and makes a arrow move around yeah it's ridiculous i mean obviously there's a character that's a freaking little raccoon a raccoon and a tree it's it's, (laughs) these are the things that you say that's not going to work on screen guys i'm sorry go back and do another revision you have to do something different it has to be darker grittier no they didn't go there it's not that at all it is it works Yeah, and i think that's one of the things that i really love about it is that and we've we've talked about it so i don't want to beat beat a dead horse but all these marvel films at some point you reach this end of the world fatigue. You know, there's only, there's only so many times that the world can be threatened by the, by the big bad and Mm -hmm. it not just become a little monotonous. And especially when they're doing a treatment that's very serious where everything is dark and kind of, you know, serious tone. But what I loved about this is that the counterbalance of the the joviality in this film and the way that everything is very irreverent when you when you combine that with the serious stakes it just makes the whole thing totally joyous and just very very easy to to enjoy and to love 
and and just just make you enjoy the ride. Whereas it gets a little laborious in some of the other films where it's you know there might be moments of comedy, but everything overall is still very kind of serious, and there's a lot of heavy stakes. You're and willing so, you're willing to give up a lot as a movie as an audience member if you enjoy the people that are on the screen, right. and. Th- and it's not, it doesn't take itself too seriously. And I think you genuinely like these people. You want to hang out with them and yep. go on adventures. I mean, yeah. you forgive a lot plot-wise and belief-wise. If you like them, you're yep. going to want to you know, go along for the ride. Yep. And you do a lot. Yeah, you do. And it's funny, too. You know, Marvel, if I had a little bit of pause going into this, it, it was obviously, you know, with the marketing, I was like, I don't know, this could be, this could be really ridiculous. But it, I was looking at the director and some of his credits uh, prior to this, and I just don't know whoever they have at Marvel. And, and I'm, yes. just, I'm just yeah. guess I'm just going to guess here. So I think that they they kind of have a creative input from a studio level, which they kind of have there. This is our quote unquote formula. And they Kevin have their, Feig. yeah, Kevin they, Feig is exactly. Yeah. And they have their fingerprints on this because I mean, they just time after time after time pull out these directors that you would never think in a million years, like well, the, you, the brothers from Captain America. And in this case, James Gunn, yeah, this case, James Gunn, who's like, he did like movie, he did a segment from movie 43, which is a freaking terrible movie and it's not funny at all. But you know, you know why these works is because Peter James Gunn is actually a, a fan, a fan. of, of sure. and Galaxy, uh, and he I, actually wrote this. Like when, when he's doing all these press stuff, he's actually talking about these characters sure. because he knows them. You know sure. what I mean? Like it's not just some director being brought in. This and is I, a fan I, of comics. Sure. But I and I agree with that to an extent. And I think that that typically works when it's someone that's writing the screenplay. That which he did. That which he did. Which their love and their fandom of the of the material could help them write a great screenplay. It doesn't always necessarily translate into a well directed film. But this movie's great. No it's time. absolutely great. And the direction is one. In, in my opinion, is one of the highlights. The performances are outstanding. Which a director is directly involved with even with the cgi stuff with the performances the cutting is excellent the cinematography is great everything about this movie uh, it's beautiful it's very uh very vibrant it's just energetic from top to bottom so i I don't know how they do it man but they got some secret sauce over there and this was this was great i've heard you know and this is true you know marvel studios has become a stamp of quality very similarly to pixar was you know now they're kind of having some issues over there but it's the same thing when you go to see a marvel film there's this level of quality you expect and i feel like time after time it pays off now again you know iron man 3 iron man 3 for me was a low point but still I don't think the quality was down. I just didn't particularly resonate very well with that with that movie on you know plot wise and all that kind of stuff. But I still feel like if you're paying sixteen dollars to go see a movie, a Marvel movie is going to be a biggest bang for your buck. I feel like uh, no matter what it is across the board, I, I think they're doing a really good job of that. So sure, I agree. Although I, I do have all. to say, I feel like this this particular film is a step up from from most like Thor two all the all those movies that are good, uh, not great. They're good. No, they're good. But yeah. This, in my opinion, this is a clear step. Well, this up. is this their is this is awesome. their big this is their big litmus test. It was like now will audiences buy this Marvel universe you know not this the cinematic right. on earth stuff but will they buy like the bigger stuff that we can do like nova core stuff can right. we do right. uh you know the actual like because i mean i mean i don't know if this is spoilers or not but at some point in the comics 
You can edit this out if it is. You can put a big beep. Well, we'll just Iron, say it's spoilers for whatever you're about to spoil. For the comics, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Iron Man joins the Guardians of the Galaxy. Like and and like it, 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 there's a there's a big crossover. Like this is their like way into doing big universe Thanos type stuff. Sure. Uh, as well as, you know, just little little things going on on earth uh, with the avengers and all that kind of stuff so this is a this is a big huge door for them and they're wanting to kind of test the waters and see if it would work and man did it pay off it did i mean can you imagine the excitement for and obviously it won't be age of ultron but can you imagine the excitement when the inevitable crossover does happen where you have guardians of the galaxy and the avengers Avengers. and i mean it's just going to be insane it'll literally be insane and this and guardians of the galaxy 2 has already been greenlit yeah. um worldwide i know i think we're, we're in the second week or where we are but world uh, worldwide guardians has already made uh, 325 million uh just after one and a half weeks of release so it's doing great it's doing really, and, it's, really and again like i said it's one of these movies that once you see it you want to see it again it is not it is not one of those films where you feel like you've seen it you're done you can go back revisit the characters and i think it was better on the second viewing like it I, totally was i caught oh. a lot more humor that i was like laughing at stuff from the from the first time i was laughing at stuff i didn't catch other stuff that i caught the next time so dave batista again sitting down like oh i wasn't hysterical listening. yeah yeah, <laughs> looking hysterical. yeah there are some great, great lines stuff. in there if i had a black light in here it would look like a jackson Pollock <laughs> yeah, painting no, <laughs> up. that's great You're like wait a minute how, how did this get past so funny it's amazing yeah, it's, it's amazing great it just, stuff and it just the timing of all the jokes, all of yep. them, they land. It's just it's, yep. it's bravo, bravo, Marvel, just just excellent stuff. And, and you've got a character who can only say three words mm. too: I and Ham and Groot. And it and yet it's funny, it like works. multiple yeah. it times. Doesn't get old. There's that could multiple get so jokes old. with those three words. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's Vin Diesel, so they cast a guy who has a vocabulary of about three words. So. <laughs> That's true. Anyway. No, I think he actually did a pretty good job. He did though. a great I, job. I he really did. And let me and let me say this too, and we'll talk about it more when we get into spoilers. Um, I don't want to get into any specifics, but the way that this movie opened was so unexpected for me yeah. and emotionally connected with me in a like ninety seconds into the movie or like two minutes into the movie. I have tears in my eyes, and I'm like, "What's ridiculous?" ridiculous. I just movie just started. I thought there was. I thought we were singing "Hooked on a Feeling." What's going on here? Right. You know. Yeah, but then, but then that that next scene, that next scene, they tell you what kind of movie it is with the title card. No doubt. When that title card comes in, you're like. All right, all right. I know what I'm in for right now. This yeah, is gonna be. This is gonna be good. Any movie that's gonna make me laugh and make me cry, it's yeah, just great. It's just great. It I can't, can't say enough good about it. It's it's it, really good. I agree. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't. I could continue to. Yeah, but let's get in. Let's talk about Spoilers. specifics. Let's talk about specifics in the movie. Things that we love. But if you haven't seen the movie, you must. I say go see it three or four times in the theater. Give this movie your money. It's worth it. Three or four times. <laughs> Yeah, go I'm, see I'm it. one right now. I'm literally <laughs> walking I, out the door. See I'm it. walking out the door. Right yeah, now. you should see this in the theater on the biggest and best sound that you can find. Best biggest oh, screen, so best sound. Good. Go see it. Yep. It's great. All right, let's jump into spoilers. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Well, you look nervous. Is it the scars? You want to know how I got them? But there's so many places it wouldn't have ever occurred to a hawk to hide. However, the reason the Führer's brought me off my Alps in Austria and placed me in French cow country today is because it does occur to me. Because I'm aware what tremendous feats human beings are capable of once they abandon dignity. 
And in the dream, I knew that he was going on ahead. He's fixing to make a fire somewhere out there in all that dark and all that cold. And I knew that whenever I got there, he'd be there. And then I woke up. I didn't want to get into any real plot stuff because there's not a lot in the trailer that's given away. But what are the things that maybe stuck out with you that uh, you were kind of, you know, shocked by, enjoyed? Anything in particular? Well, that first scene so, that, that we were just referencing is, you know, when it starts and there's a little kid and he's going in with, you know, his granddad and the mom is obviously about to die and it's the last time they're going to see her. Um, and even though there's not a lot of dialogue and even though it happens quickly, uh, just in the way that they look at each other and the way that the scene is constructed, uh, it tells you everything that you need to know. Uh, and it's just a beautiful, powerful moment. And I just loved that opening scene. And when he comes out and, you know, he's sitting there and he's obviously trying to distract himself and he's a kid, you know, he's, he's just a kid and he runs across and then he gets, you know, gets kidnapped, um, abducted by aliens. Yeah. It's just it's such a perfect way to start it, but it was, it was legit. I mean, that, that scene could have been in any kind of drama and it didn't feel out of place at all. I just, right. I really love the way that, that, that the movie started like that. It was just, I knew Very, that, I, that I was in capable hands with the director at that point. Yeah. I wasn't sure. Like I, I wasn't sure that I loved it at the beginning because I really was just expecting to go like have fun. And I'm like, why am I getting emotional? And the kid like watches mom die and he doesn't take her hand. And like, this is terrible. But like, like we said, you, they, they let you know what the movie is actually going to be like in the next scene. And I think it's really smart of them to to do this scene like this because you connect with that character. And with so many people coming into this having no connection with the source material at all, like no love already for the characters yeah. like you have in a lot of the other Marvel movies. Like this is a way to build that love like straight out of the gate. And it's awesome. It's perfect. Yeah, you, it. you sympathize with the character almost yep. immediately i mean and because you know that that's the same character when you see his walkman in the next scene so I, I think that's one of those great things is you don't feel like he is just some jerk bounty hunter he's not just some right. anti-hero who has yeah. no history you've connected with him you already right. are sympathetic he's been abducted he's been taken from his home his yeah. mom just died this is terrible Okay, but he can still have joy. He's dancing around on this alien planet. I want to follow right. this guy and make sure right. he's okay. Yeah. And you want to like get to know him and like <clears throat> yeah. why, why is he like happy and why is he who he is? Oh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the backstory provides in just that very quick scene provides the context that you need to pull for him for the entire movie. Even with all the stuff that you learn about him as he is, you know, grown up, you still always have that in the back of your mind and it's just a it's just a brilliant construct to make you to gain empathy right from the beginning. I loved it. I want to talk about one of my favorite scenes in this film and it was one of those I think it actually becomes an ongoing gag or I think it just happens one more time, but that is when they were in prison. And Rocket, uh, who is the mastermind, I mean, he's the guy who can come up with the plans, obviously. He talks about that over and over again. And um, he's laying out this very much (laughs) Ocean's Eleven plan. (laughs) And so you're you're expecting this to, you know, like as he's talking, you're going to see them do it. And then all of a sudden, it's all going to come together. I'm like, oh, they're a team. But then (laughs) as he's talking, it's a static shot. You see Groot walk around mm-hmm. and take the one thing that they were supposed to take last, and then they all have to just just do their thing and be the person they're supposed to be. And of course, Rocket needs this guy's 
prosthetic leg, which <laughs> is yes. so funny because later on he needs a prosthetic eye, and he's just yeah. That, that you know, callback to that prosthetic stuff was great. That was yeah, just so it, it was so funny, and that, that that entire sequence, that prison break sequence, it, they they go from being a group of people who don't know one another to having a mission and having a goal. And oh man, they work together so well because they have to. Mm-hmm. And I just I thought it was great. It was a great way to bring that team together and get things moving. You know, rather than just doing this kind of like oh they, they were just always meant to go together. No, they they yeah. do a good job of making this like almost feel like an accident uh, that they're together and uh, and it works on every level. Yeah. At least for me, it did. Yeah, no doubt. The esprit de corps between the group is is the highlight of the movie when they're just sitting around talking, you know, and doing that stuff, you, that's just such a, it's just a joy to be in their presence. It's just great. Mm-hmm. It's just great. Yeah, stuff. That, that, and it sets up the action even better. Cause then, yeah. then you really actually care about them. Even, even the first scene when they're, when they're out and they're, they're chasing the, the sphere, the infinity, st- whatever the heck the thing is that's in there, <laughs> so, the yeah. infinity stone, you know, and they're actually, they're kind of fighting each other. That, through the action is telling you a lot about, about the specific them. characters. Yep. Yep. Uh, and I love it when action is done that way because we're learning as we're watching instead of just going, this is the, the rebel with a heart and this is the, you know, the trophy, the, the, all that tropey stuff. So it was, stereotypes. it was just done, yep. it was done very well. And I think this is Marvel's ninth film, if I'm not mistaken, ninth or 10th. And, uh, I think that they're, they've got their, their plan, uh, is I was worried about phase two. No, no longer, no longer. I think they've got Give it Give me down. more of this. I could just, I mean, I love, again, I love Avengers. I love, you know, that whole, you know, Captain America. I was mm-hmm. really enjoying, but this is kind of what I'm, I, I'm afraid to say. This is what I'm going to be craving now is more of this kind of well, because uh, it's different. It's not the but, same thing we've and, seen over and, and over again. And, and, let's just say, and just like I said before, like we were talking about, all these Marvel films have chosen different genres. So this is the space opera, and yeah. that's great. And, you know, Captain America can be the political right. intrigue stuff. And, yep. uh, you know what I mean? Like, so it's so much fun to be able to play around with the different genres and have a different feel for each one of these different properties, which. That's exciting, man. It's all happening in the same universe, but they all have different looks and feel, and somehow they fit together, which is yeah. But it was brilliant. cool to see some brilliant. of the pull-ins from you know, some of the characters that have been teased in the other films, like yeah. The Collector and yep. Thanos. Like that, that was cool, and it, oh, yeah, it totally Thanos. fit in this world, but yet this world feels so different than the movies that, that those characters were from. So it is cool how they're weaving it all together, and it's actually working. Yeah, and it was cool to see Thanos. I, I, I enjoyed that. I, it's hard for me, even as great as he is, and, and I'll use the contrast of Bradley Cooper. So I never for one moment was distracted by when I was looking, uh, or excuse me, when I was watching Rocket, thinking that's Bradley Cooper. I right. do have to admit, though, when I saw Thanos, I was like, that's Josh Brolin, because his right. voice is so specific. So I've, I've got a little yeah. journey that I, he looks great. He looks great. But yeah. I'm going to have to get over I'm going to have to get over that. Well, they, to me, it was a little a little hard. They've been saying that Thanos is to the Marvel Universe that the Emperor was to the Star Wars Universe. Right. So sure. he's like the one who's pulling all the strings, who's behind everything. And they're going to have to knock off these you know, the mini bosses sure. to get to the eventual end of Thanos. But I honestly I did not realize he was going to be in this movie. And yeah. so for the first few seconds when he was in the throne room when uh, Ronan was talking I was like oh we're just gonna see the back of his throne this is 
stupid. But as soon as he started turning around, I was like, oh, what? We get to see Thanos in this movie? I didn't realize that they, because they had brought Josh Brolin in Comic-Con for the um, Age of Ultron panel. And so I thought that meant that he was going to be in Age of Ultron, right. which kind of really threw me off. I just, I wasn't paying attention to what they were actually saying. I guess I maybe I'd go back and listen to it. But I thought he was going to be in that movie. And to see him here, I was, I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, he, he belongs in Guardians of the Galaxy. He belongs yeah. there, not Age of Ultron, in my opinion. But we'll see. I don't know. Obviously, they'll, they'll be able to cross those streams, and I'm sure it'll be great. But my other favorite scene in this movie was when uh, Star-Lord came up with a 11% plan or whatever, and they were all in that room talking. <laughs> And, yep. and they all start standing and then Rocket, like, reluctantly, very much Josh Ziegler-like, yeah. uh, <laughs> standing up saying, all right, we're all standing. Yeah. It was just, it was, it yeah, was and so that's, good. And that's exactly what I was talking yeah. about, where I said, just when you think they're going to do a thing that's, like, right in the middle of the genre, very tropey, they do something irreverent with it. And he's like, yeah. here yep. we are. Look exactly. at us. We're standing in a circle. Yeah. <laughs> great. So it's great. It's perfect. And oh, it's awesome. I do want to see it again now. Yeah, yeah. right? Like, literally, I'm ready to <laughs> That's go. really good. So, yeah, before we go, because we need to wrap it up here, did you guys watch the the Howard the Duck spoiler oh, or the trailer? We, dumb. we left We left the second time. I didn't really need to see we it. Wa- we stayed the first time. We stayed the first time. You know, I mean, great. Ha ha. <laughs> but I, I would have liked a little more, like, where, what's next? You know what I mean? Something dark and foreboding and, and or something another, actually funny. It or the Infinity funny. Gauntlet or something a little more exactly something funny, something worth sticking. Around. I don't think it's worth. Yeah, but see, around. I think in this case, this is this is an instance of your ages, not um, <laughs> probably. I'm not, aware of Howard the Duck. No, 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 I know, no, I know you. I know you are, but. I don't think it would have been in keeping with the tone of the movie if they would have done like another Thanos beat or something kind of serious or here what's here's what's coming. I think it was in perfect keeping with with the tone for them to do something ridiculous with Howard the Duck, who is a part of the Marvel you know history with the comics. But sure. in 1986, I was you know 10 years old, and I and I know most people hate that movie. I loved that movie because I was 10 years old. Sure. And so for me when I was I was like, "Oh my god, it's Howard the Duck. What is happening?" And now, to be fair, most of the people in my theater were like, "What the heck is that?" <laughs> right? But I loved it. So for me I didn't it was even like know they were, they who were Howard the Duck is. Yeah, so they were writing me a little love letter. I was like, "All right, Howard the Duck." But for most people I can see how it doesn't work. But I I would have been a little disappointed if they were to have been like all of a sudden hardcore cuz I thought I thought what they did was great. Well, I don't have to be hardcore, like Melody said. It could have been funny. I don't even think it was really all that funny. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? I like agree. They, it they could have done funny. something more memorable rather than just a one-liner. That I mean, it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, kind of funny, but not. it's not yeah. going to make everybody laugh, you know? Yeah. yeah. You're listening to The Screeners Podcast. Well, for our second feature film of today, we are going to do a quick review of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Surveillance is showing heavy foot clan activity. They're taking hostages. Let's rock and roll. Give me the camera. Oh, look, he's doing his Batman voice. Back off, Rand. Do not say a word about this to anyone. If you do, we will find you. Yeah, we'll find you. I'm sorry, that came across super creepy, okay? That's, we will find you though. My sons, I have trained you your whole lives to protect the city above. But 
feel you are not ready for its greatest threat. We're taking your armor to the next level. Shredder. Let's go save my brothers. One's fighting low on Samurai. So they're big. No, that's stupid. They're turtles. Is there anything else we should know about them? They're ninjas. So Megan Fox and Will Arnett star in this newest imagining of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The IMDb description is a group of mutated warriors face off against an evil kingpin who wants to take over New York. Now, I very unfortunately did not get to see this (laughs) incredible piece of cinema, but I know the two of you did, and I just can't wait to hear what you thought of it. So, Chris, how did you enjoy Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? No, I'm I am amazed you did not say this was a Michael Bay produced film, which automatically means I'm going to love this movie. You love it. Tell us how much you loved it. Okay, so let me give you a little bit of background into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This was my favorite cartoon growing up as a kid. I I had all the action figures. I had just about every toy ever came out for it. I watched all the shows. I I, I actually played the video game. I did. The arcade video game. game. The video game is great. Oh, it the is Turtles great. in Time oh, was fantastic. Um, so um, I have the original Turtle uh, trilogy on Blu-ray. Wow. Like I, I am That's a legit. Turtles fan. <laughs> so let me just start off by saying that this movie is dumb. It is not a good movie. But the 10-year-old in me had a wonderful time seeing these <laughs> characters back on the big screen. Of course you did. Unfortunately... <laughs> No, let me let me say this much. Unfortunately, they did not do a, a they didn't do a good job of fully fleshing out the characters. And there's a there's a scene that everybody's talking about that if they would have actually we talked about in our Guardians of the Galaxy review how good the um, interplay between the characters were. And this movie moves so fast and tries to I don't know relegate the turtles in a shroud of mystery for the first half an hour that we don't get to actually like see the the turtles have fun and just be their characters that we really want to see. And so that's the biggest critique I have for this movie is that like they create this, um, unfortunate barrier between the audience and the turtles. I wish they would have just dug straight in and just let us have a you know goofy time with them and let the interplay be fun and all that. I, I despised almost with, um, everything within me, what they did with Shredder in this movie. He's a fully CG character, which I guess the turtles are CG as well, but yeah. you, know, you don't even get to see the eyes. You don't get to see uh, emotion. It just feels like a another, it feels like a smaller Megatron. You know what I mean? Like it just feels like this, I don't know, just it's the bad guy. There he is. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of, of what they did with that. He was scarier, in my opinion, without his shredder costume on um when they had him in the uh uh kind of in the in the in the shadows he was scarier there a little bit more believable as a villain and another thing too that really surprised me and we sat down um i actually took my dad to go see this movie 
And I sat did down. He, did he thank you after it was over? Well, he knew my affinity for the property. But when I sat down, I assumed, honestly, that this movie was PG. And I looked. It was PG-13. And that disappointed me because, man, why? Why would you make this movie PG-13? This, mo- this stupid teenage. This movie is literally called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That is dumb. That is stupid. Yeah. You've gotta, it's got to be a kid's movie. You can't. I don't know. I, I was really disappointed with that. There was actually a little kid in the audience, and I felt kind of bad about for their par- uh, the, for him and their parents that they were getting this more gritty thing when it, it worked so much better if it would have just been the turtles having a goofy time together. And they had that elevator scene. That's what, want, that, that's what I was talking about before. There's a, there's a scene in the elevator when they actually get to goof off and be the turtles. And I was And it was great begging for that if they would have done more of that it would have been such a good movie the, the look of the turtles i didn't mind at all i actually liked the way they looked i don't know i just i was so disappointed that they had a good promise and maybe the sequel's already been greenlit so perhaps maybe uh they'll do a better job uh, in the sequel and they feel like they can but i don't know also who can, i don't want to follow april o'neill like that's not why I go see a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie is to go see Megan Fox. I go see. I want to go see Raph, Leo, Donatello, and uh, uh, what did I say? Leonardo, Michelangelo, Michelangelo, Donatello, and Raphael. Those are the four I want to see. I don't. I mean, I don't really care about April. So yeah. Anyway. So you know, going into this film, I am already predisposed to hate it because Michael Bay's name is at the sure. top, and that makes me sad because I used to love Michael Bay. Right. Um, sure. <clears throat> No, I did. I did. Um, <laughs> but his continually crappy work has killed that. So I do find it a little, I have a little solace in that this movie has a 20% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is at least 2% mm. higher than Transformers Age of Extinction, right. which has an 18%. Yeah. And I think that's about right. Because, because, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to come clean here and say that I somewhat enjoyed this movie. And let me tell you why. It's a terrible movie. The 10-year-old. Movie. It's a terrible movie. It is absolutely a terrible movie. I agree yeah, with yeah, that yeah. for a lot of different oh. reasons. But I do disagree with you a little bit in the, in the sense that I really did feel like this was a kid's movie. Whereas it has, it, it has the same PG-13 rating as Transformers Age of Extinction. And if you play those movies side by side and try to p- and tell me which one is the kid's movie, it is clear that Transformers is not and that this actually oh, is. Now, I this agree is, with this you is, with that. that okay, that, but, that but hold compares. on. But I, I think that's an apt comparison because it's this. they have the same vibe, the same visual style. Uh, what I did like about this April O'Neil character, I thought, sure as there's a God, when Megan Fox is in there, she's going to be over-sexualized and have no clue. But that wasn't really the case here. No, you're there's, right. There's a couple of, right. There are a couple of things in there where you know they make mention, obviously, that she's a beautiful lady, and there's a shot where she's kind of bending over or whatever. But I'm it, sorry, but... Literally every single shot of Michelangelo, he is—he's—he's he's hitting on her, yes, hitting on her in a very non-kid appropriate. No. See, way. I, dis- I disagree with that. I, Dude, I, th- I think that- my shell is a little tight. Come on, yeah, but see that no kid, no kid is going to pick that up, Chris. That's my point. You, uh, I, I would a hundred yeah. times out of a hundred, I would let my twelve-year-old watch this movie before I'd watch let them watch Transformers. Twelve, 12 sure, but this is this is you okay. Even be a little 10, younger, this is no, listen, no, dude, it's scary. It is. It's not. 
I yeah, don't think dude, those shredder Chris, moments scary. I don't think <laughs> you remember what you could tolerate when you were ten and eleven and twelve years old. I would I watch these <laughs> kinds you watch these kind of action movies all the time and loved them. Like the Goonies has got all kinds of scary. I was stuff scared in it. to death but of you, the Goonies. But I you ran loved away. It, but you loved no, it. I anyway, didn't. I didn't finish it. I never I've never seen Goonies. Well then that is a shame on you a play on your house because it's wonderful. Anyway, the point I'm trying to make is that I feel like the I feel like the tone of this movie is more serious than it should have been, but it is slanted towards kids because it is ridiculous. It is silly. It's not silly enough. It's not ridiculous enough. I do agree with you that there's not enough of the interaction with the turtles, which is what we want. We, th- that's the, the criminal sin for. of this movie. And it's very short. The movie's only like 89 minutes long. So there was time to do that. They just chose not to. And I think when they started out, like you've got the scene where the, the very first time we see them and they're looking at the monitors and, and one of the turtles says, look, it's dude, it's a, a cat playing chopsticks with chopsticks. Like my heart got happy. Cause I was like, yeah. Oh, it's going to be that movie. And it just wasn't, there wasn't enough, you're, yeah. Of that. It also aggravates the fool out of me that the, the whole, and I know we can't talk about logic, but the fact, the way that they change the mythology such that the only reason they're ninjas is by Splinter reading a book was the literally the dumbest thing I've ever seen. It's like I picked up a book and I read how to be a ninja. Now I'm a ninja. I hated, I hated all that. But yeah. I do have to be honest and say, overall, when I watch, could, the, the sequence, and we're, I don't think we'll probably do a spoilers on this movie because it'll be quick, but yeah. the, the sequence where they're in the ice, I'll just say that, was thrilling. I loved that scene. I thought oh, that yeah. scene was, the action was it's great. A great. It's a great action scene. Really great action scene. And I thought the story, I didn't mind, like I think it bothered you more than, than it bothered me. I didn't mind the April O'Neil setup stuff at the beginning. I actually kind of liked it because I felt like, okay, it kind of grounds the story. I see where we're going. Um, and from, from beginning to end, I liked Shredder's design. I really liked it. I thought it was intimidating and, and, and kind of cool. I didn't like what they did with the character, but I liked the way it looked. But overall, at the end of it, like when the movie finished, and I don't mean to keep comparing them, but when I finished Transformers, I was like, I freaking hate this movie. I, I never want to see it again. When this movie ended, I was like, okay, that's not bad. It's okay. I have to say, like I, Transformers, I feel like you feel like you've been abused after you walk out of that right. film. Like yeah. it, it takes it takes advantage of you, and as far as time goes, as far as too much, you know, action and loud stuff. And I agree with you that this movie felt more like a a missed opportunity. There's so much promise there to sure. make this a film that could have been actually really quite good. I mean, obviously I silly, yeah. but it could have been good. Uh, I again, like I, I think that there was a lot of chatter going in uh, on this with the turtles looking bad and lips and all that kind of stuff. I, I didn't, didn't have think, a problem. I didn't either. I liked the yeah. design. I liked the design, and I, I thought they were easy to tell apart. Uh, oh yeah, I, they I, were all different. It was yeah. great. It was yeah, great. I liked the design, and I've heard some people, uh, you know, also complain a lot about the design of uh, of Splinter, and I, I just wasn't bothered by any of that. I thought, you know, That's, it is a guys. The movie. old movie, they were wearing rubber, you know. <laughs> I mean, exactly right. They're, they're not that bad. It, it is supposed to be silly, and and I I was hoping they would they would slant more towards the kids stuff so that we could get more of. I mean, because if you look at the cartoon, always silly. You look at the sure. movie, always silly. And I, I just 
I wish we would have gone a little bit further that way rather than trying to pull it into the age of, you know, where, you know, more of a Spider-Man or Ninja uh, Turtles begins. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I wish, I just wish it would have been something a little, but again, like I said before, the first thing I said, this, this movie's dumb, but the 10 year old in me had a really good time. No, like, because I, you said a 10 year old wouldn't be allowed to see it. Chris, you couldn't handle it. You'd be too scared. So make, no, that, make that the 12 year old you. What I, no, no, no. What I, what I was saying is <laughs> that, that that younger kids like the kid that was in my audience was probably four or five sure and and that's a PG crazy PG movie could have been approachable for him but a PG thirteen movie this movie just sure. wasn't I agree um, I agree I think there's so. a huge difference in uh, taking a five year old and a ten year old but I yeah I totally agree but I'm just I, saying this could have been a frozen for guys you know what I mean for for the ki- for the boys you know what I mean like it they. Teenage Mutant Turtles has that ability that these are brothers. You could do some so many good things with brothers. That they just didn't I agree. Do. I think the total missed opportunity here is that they just just didn't go there enough. Yeah, uh, the scene with the chopsticks, the scene in the elevator, it needed about twenty more minutes of that stuff and yep. a little bit less of of some of the other. And it and it could have been very good. Even Agreed. that said, I still think, and and I guess we can wrap it up here unless you want to go to spoilers. Um, no, I, I think it's a. I don't think it's a very good movie. I have no desire to ever see it again. But even still, I do think if I were younger, I would have loved this movie. Yeah, if, if you've were, got yeah, if you've got a, a some you know your whatever some some relatives, whether they be a son or nephews or whatever the case might be, some kids around that ten to fourteen. You know, fifteen age, yeah. maybe not, maybe not fifteen, but somewhere you know in that that sweet spot, um, they'll probably have a really good time with it. it yeah. It's it, it's dumb, it's stupid, but at the same time, there's enough action to make good it feel action. more adult. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know, it, it's it's silly, it's dumb, but you know they didn't do a, it wasn't a complete train wreck. I really, honestly, don't think it's deserving of a twenty percent. I think I don't either. I think it, it could be a little bit higher than that. And, it's at and, least a 32%. Come on, guys. Come on, 32. <laughs> come on, we're playing that game. I, I don't think it's that bad. It's just, it's a missed opportunity. So, there yeah. we go. That's what I'll say. Agreed, but don't waste your time. Right. The Cutting Room Floor. For this week's Cutting Room Floor, we're going to return to Fresh or Not, our historic epic battle, our throwdown over guessing the critic score for Rotten Tomatoes, which was won by... Yours truly, the victor and forever champion. So for this round, we welcome <laughs> wow. humble, we welcome Josh guy. back uh, to the cutting room floor, and he's going to participate in, in a new twist of this game. We're actually going to try and find movies that Josh has seen. Uh, we Adding a new level of challenge. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> actually, so, you could call that Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible, that's right. So just a quick refresher on how this is, is going to work. Uh, in honor of Robin Williams, we're going to do all comedies tonight. Uh, and I will call out a name of the film, and everybody will guess what they think the critic score, the consensus on Rotten Tomatoes, is. Whoever gets the closest to that number will get one point. If there is a tie, whoever is under the score will get the point. And if someone is lucky enough to get the exact number, they will get a bonus of an extra point for a total of two. So the first one to ten wins the game and will be crowned second best champion of all time. So, <laughs> guys, well, hey, play along. Play along in the audience, too, if you're listening. Please play along do. and let please us know what do. your score was. Yep. So are we ready? Yes. So yeah. to, and we will start with Melody. This round, we'll start with Melody, and then we'll go Chris, and then Josh. And our first film, a classic. It's the 1998 Mm -hmm. film, The Big Lebowski. 
Oh my. Oh, oh my. Hmm, critic score. I have no idea. Let's go with uh, 67. Ooh, low. All right. All right. Chris? I'm going to say 84. 84. Ooh. Okay. Kind of took some of the some of the wind out of mine. That's that's it's so arbitrary. 79. It is. 79. And the correct score is 80%. Ladies and gentlemen, no. Josh Ziegler. Dang right it. out of the gate. Damn. One point. Or should I say Shazbot? <laughs> Good, job. Good job. Good job. Good job, Josh. Did. All right. The next one is a movie that's a cult classic. I don't know that everyone has seen it, but it is the debut film of Kevin Smith, Clerks, from 1994. Uh, uh, <laughs> Melody. in the audience. No, I went first last time. Uh, no, you gotta All right. So then we'll up. move around. So it'll be Chris, Josh, and then Melody. So, Chris. Uh, I'm going to go with 70%. 7 0. All right. Yeah. Josh? Out of spite, 63. 63. <laughs> he goes lower. All right. Melody, what do you think? Oh, man. I hated that movie. Probably got really good reviews. 71. 71. And the answer is 88%. Oh, oh Melody. Critics are terrible. 88%. Melody. They are terrible, comes Josh. I concur. With a point. Uh-huh. This movie was more. this movie was pretty good. You guys, Melody's sure. mad that she won that round. I am mad. Shows you Stupid. What. <laughs> <laughs> it got an eighty-eight percent. Eighty-eight. Isn't that? And it got an eighty-nine that? audience um, reaction. So wow. All right. So here we are. Uh, number three. We have one point for Josh. One point for Melody. The classic nineteen ninety-nine Office Space. We're going to start with Josh, and then we'll go Melody and Chris. So, Josh, what did the critics think of Office Space? I can't help but think that didn't get universal critical appeal, even though I loved it. Um, 85. 85? That's a high number. All right. Still pretty high. Yeah. 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 Uh, Melody, what do you think? Oh, man. I loved that movie. Um, 75. 75. Okay. Chris? What did Josh say again? Lucky 85. 85, and then Melody dropped 10 to 75. I'm going to go with 80. 80, and the correct answer is 79%. Yes! Sparrow comes back. (laughs) Looks like we have an evenly matched game here tonight. Everybody's swinging. We are not doing prices Right rules here. We are. (laughs) No, we're not. Only when it's a tie. This is going to take forever. That's what I said, (laughs) because we're all smart. That's true. So maybe the first this one has, to find. Has nothing to do with this <laughs> game. So, as game master, I've just changed rules. That's what the game master can do. The first one to six points will win this game tonight. So we have one apiece. All right. So here we go. Lucky number six. Lucky number six. So the next movie is a movie that I actually think, Chris, you and I and Melody, I think we watched this together at my house one time. I could be wrong. It is the 2009 smash hit surprise, The Hangover. Yes, <laughs> sure did. Melody, we will start with you. What do you think oh, that man. critics thought of The Hangover? Jeez, oh, I have no idea. I literally have no idea. Um, 70. 70, okay. Chris? Um, is it my turn to go second? 
It is. He's the game master. He's the game oh. master. Yeah, yeah. It's Melody, Chris, yeah, and Josh. I, I feel like I'm going to get screwed out of a loss, uh, out of a win again tonight. Uh, <laughs> you were defeated soundly. No, I no, really wasn't. Totally soundly. Wasn't. No. <laughs> soundly. Sure wasn't. You sound like a loser to me. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go. Fun. I'm going to go with a. Eighty-seven percent. Eighty-seven. Okay, Ooh. jumps up high. All right, Josh. That is way too high for Hangover. Of course, in my mind, I'm getting the sequels conflated with the original. Right, yeah, this right. is the original. Um, <laughs> ugh, seventy-five. All right. right in the middle. Seventy-five. The correct answer is seventy-nine percent. Josh. Josh Ziegler, Ooh. ladies and gentlemen, who would have thought? Who would have thought? Not eyes. Hey, I can guess numbers out of the air with the best of them. <laughs> <laughs> this is All right, so perfect it, actual game for Josh because that's right. It doesn't matter if he's seen it or not. not it just requires a number. To have seen the movies. <laughs> that's exactly. right. Well, so our next one in the same vein of The Hangover, 2007's Super Bad. Oh, Super Bad. And now we'll start with you, Chris. What did the critics think of Super Bad? Sixty-nine. <laughs> Why is that number always funny? I don't know. <laughs> Josh. Let me know. Let me, let me redo that. Let me no, redo that. Wait a second. Hey, no. no, you can't redo it's a it. number. I'm going to say 70. I was going to say 70. Too late. All right, fine. All right. You can't redo a number. There are rules to this oh. game, sir. <laughs> That's right. All right, Josh. Rules that never change in the middle of the game. Uh, yeah, I feel like the critics weren't as hot on this, but it had to have gotten better in a 69, even though that's a great number. 76. <laughs> 76. All right, Melody, we've got 69, 76. What say you? 77. 77. <laughs> that was a very sad kind of 77. Yeah. Oh. You know, it's hopeful. The answer Evil vote is, is what it was. 88% yes. from oh, oh, the playing 80, it safe. 8%. Yep. Because wow. that movie's awesome. They love, in the 80s. They we watched that one at your house too, Chad. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. You're correct. Yeah. All, All those right. comedies over there. Is Aragon in this <laughs> list somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> one of the best comedies that's ever. It's a tragic comedy. It's a tragedy. It's not a comedy. All right. Now we're going to go into the realm of the classics. The classics. And when I mean classics, I mean for people our age or your age. You mean movies I haven't seen. Correct. No, no, no. I think you probably have seen Ghostbusters. Come on. This goes back to 1994, back when you guys were babies. Dumb and Dumber. Jim Carrey, Jeff Daniels, the original Dumb and Dumber. And we're to Josh. The original. Oh. I don't know what the <laughs> critics would have said about that. I'm going to go 83. 83, okay. Melody? Oh. oh, I don't know either. 70. 70, okay. And Chris? I'm going to say 82. 82, and the answer... Why would you... Go ahead. Sorry. No don't worries. give him strategy. <laughs> Wait, what did you say? Did you say 81? I thought you said 83. <laughs> oh, these don't help my husband. No, no. Did you say 81 or 82? I'm most likely to actually know no, the score. I said one right over you. So, never mind. And oh, we're not playing Price is Right, so. The answer is 64%. Ooh. Yes! Ouch. The critics did no, not I got, like don't it. I get it. No, Melody got that. Melody I got it. I said 70. Yes, oh. she did. You? Son of a gun. So, Melody, can we have a score update, please? 
Josh has two points. Chris has one point, and I have three points. Three points halfway to victory. All this means is I won't have to host the next one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All Josh, right. you'll have a comeback. Wow. For our next comedy, Mike Judge, 2006, Idiocracy. And to Melody it goes. Melody, what do you think? I have not even seen that movie. I have no idea. Well, then um, you'll probably get this one right then. Probably. I'm going to say... 74. Okay. Chris? I'm going to go with uh, 84. 84%. And Josh? Okay, so in a rare turn of events, this is one that I have seen. Mm. And although it is a bleak dystopian future that is quickly approaching us, um, I can't see the critics liking this. Uh, 62. 62%. The answer is 73%. Uh, Melody Farrell has not seen it it and gets one point away. (laughs) This is ridiculous. Uh, That's not really quite fair, but it is what it is, boys. The next movie is... Price is Right Rules. One of my my favorite movies, the Edgar Wright Shaun of the Dead from 2004. And we are to Chris. Shaun of the Dead. Shaun I'm going to say dead. 90%. Ooh, 9-0. All right, Josh. That is high. That is Although high. I would have I guessed fairly high. I'm going to have to go 86. 86? Oh, man. Dance. Man. Melody? I'm going to go... <laughs> Chris said 90? Yeah. He said 90, yes. I'll do 85, I guess. The correct answer is 91%. Yes! Oh! That's what I was going to say. I would have yes! got two points. Oh! One. This is highly upsetting. Fantastic. So, uh, score update, please. Josh has two. Chris has two. Melody has four. Has but four. I almost had six. Four. I'm going to move this back to 10. First to 10. <laughs> all right so i don't know if you guys have seen this movie i think you should have it actually does fit the definition of a comedy classic that is 1983's national lampoon's vacation oh for goodness sakes of course so let's start with josh vacation so i've seen christmas vacation and vegas vacation <laughs> i don't know whether i've seen the original one this is the uh, Wally World? Wally World, man. Oh, okay, yeah. I've seen at least most of it. Okay. <laughs> 87. 87, all right. Oh, man. And Melody? Um, jeez. <laughs> 88. 88, so we got 87, 88. And Chris, what do you think? I am actually, I think I'm going to do 89. 89. Uh, go Ooh. low. And the answer is... 95%. Yes! Chris is yes! cheating. Melody, go check yes! and make sure his phone... His, For real. Uh, his, uh, is, I am not, not cheating. Phone. I am not cheating. Mm-hmm. I, all, I, all I have on the screen right now is Skype. Mm-hmm. That's all that's on my phone. I'm so mad mm-hmm. I didn't see 91 at the my... last one. Me too. Chris is... <laughs> oh, darn it. <laughs> Chris is making a comeback. All right, guys. Don't the next one is 2005. Steve Carell, the 40-year-old version. And let's go to Chris. 92. Ooh, high, high, high. Okay. Josh? That's weird because I was going to say 90. Yeah, I'll still say 90. 90. Okay. And Melody? Oh. 
89. Oh, come on. <laughs> well, I better get this exactly right. <laughs> so what are the numbers again? What are the 89, 90, and 92. And the correct answer is 85%. Yes! Yes! No one wins that point. Come on. Uh, what happened to Price is Right? Why do you keep talking about Price is Right? That's because we are spitting on Bob Barker's grave right now. No, we are not. This is our game, and we made the Is rule. Bob Barker dead? I you think he's still alive, right? Are you sure about that? I'm not sure. But I'm, I, think I really is. think the price is wrong. <laughs> I, I think he How is. How dare you, sir? <laughs> um, all right. The yeah, next... That. I'm gonna have to look this up now. I'm, I'm, I'm curious, Bob. Barker. Well, while you're looking it up, here's a score update. Josh has two, Chris has three, and Melody has five. One you're only one point away from winning. One from the wins. Right. Let's so have a good one. the game master still, will go back to ten points to the win. <laughs> no game what? master. Sorry, I just get to do that. No. He's still well, alive. alive. So shame on you, Josh. No, look, look. Shame on you. To be fair, when you go to Google and type in Bob Barker, one of the top suggestions is Bob Barker dead. So yeah. they're expecting it, but that doesn't mean he that is it's alive true. and well, sir. We apologize, Mr. Barker. The next one is from 2006. Borat: Cultural Learnings of America for Make Benefit Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. I love that movie. Do I get so to go first on this much. one? And Josh, it is to you. Okay, so this is this is really to keep Melody from running away with this whole thing. We got to do this, Chris. One of us. Hey, no, 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 All ganging right. up. That is not fair. All sure. right, we have to. No. Ninety-three. Ninety-three. High, high number there, Melody. Very high for Borat. Mm. You got to go low, Chris. <laughs> Strategy. My number is ninety-one. So wait, you said 93, right? Is that I right? I did, sadly. I should not have, but I did. Yeah. Uh, and you said 91, Melody? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go 90. The answer that is works. 91. No! <laughs> no! I can't believe it. She wins with seven, seven points. I can't believe she's such I a cheater. You're such a cheater. I win with the, I, oh, now, since the way that you win this game bit. is to score six, you have busted. Oh, shut your face. And so, therefore, you go back to five. You go back to five. You yes. go back to five. I think that's fair. You, have to you go back exactly, to five. Not. You have to get exactly that's the rules. six. Chad. Okay, that's go. the Keep rules. Going. I'm so Keep sorry. Going. I'm so sorry. Haven't you ever been to Vegas? Congratulations, though. You did guess it just right. 91 percent all right now let's go to 1994 wait are you serious i'm serious she busted so the rules fine i'll win again fine i'll win again okay wait a minute what what is the score right now then i'm sorry she goes back to five so it's josh has two chris has three melody has seven change to five because chad's stupid because it's the it's house rules it's hardcore josh i mean no chad i appreciate it though you're welcome 1993 ace ventura Pet detective. Oh, and yeah. I think we are to Melody. Oh, jeez. 86. 86. All right, Chris. I want to go with 85. 85. <laughs> and Josh. I'm sticking with my original vote of 87. <laughs> right. That was your original vote. I'm no, I'm, ser- I'm dead oh, serious. Yeah. And the answer is. Forty-five percent. Yes, <laughs> I win. Forty-five percent. Uh, you don't win. Now you have four points. I still 40. have no time. We got. Well, I won that. I won that point. What was wrong with Ace Ventura? Come on, critics. Yeah, that's pretty low. Beagle is low. Einhorn. 
All right. Horn is Finkel. All right, here we go. Anchorman, <laughs> The Legend of Ron Burgundy, 2004. And we'll go to Chris. I'm going to go with 74. 74. Josh? I don't know why my default is to go to the 80s, but 83. 83. And Melody? Oh, man. 73. 73. And the answer is 66%. Melody no! wins again. No! <laughs> Except, now I have eight points. Oh. Thank you very much. House rules. No, no, you win. She wins with six. So we have to we have to tip our caps to Melody and say that she is the second best player of this game. Congratulations, Melody. You didn't even Congratulations on your arbitrary number you, guessing. I was so close. I almost came back. Almost came back. So thank you, guys. That's the cutting room floor. All right. Well, that finishes up our show for today. So thanks again for tuning into the Screeners podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Please give us some feedback. We would always love to hear from our listeners. Also, be sure to watch our Facebook page for updates and articles to comment on and dialogue with us about. Um, We've been taking some of those articles that we post on Facebook to use as jump cuts. So if you check it out ahead of time, you can have some idea of what we might be talking about on the next show. And while you're there, be sure to let us know what you think of our episode. Also, stop by ScreenersPodcast.com to read our show notes. Or you can send us an email at screenerscast at gmail.com to tell us what you'd like to hear about in future shows. And please go review us on iTunes and help us spread the word. Thanks, guys. That's it for this episode, but we'll be back soon. Have a great one. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.